You're listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number 455. Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Station and part five of the five-part series, The Cape Wrath Trail, where I join Lee Wells and we walk from Ullapool to Cape Wrath. Now in this final section, we actually make it to the lighthouse and you'll hear some of the things that happened as we finished our journey. Again, this was 10 years ago now, so there are other facilities, I believe, now at Cape Wrath. I I believe there's a cafe. I also believe there's a regular minibus that takes you from Cape Wrath to down to the estuary. Uh, Unfortunately, it was a solid 10-mile walk for us. However, the one item that Lee mentions in this podcast is the Gossamer Gear Mariposa Plus, uh, which I believe was version 1 or version 2 of the Mariposa. Gossamer Gear is, of course, still going, and now the Mariposa is available in aerobic fabric, but the Mariposa Plus was made from ripstop nylon, and Lee was particularly pleased with this, and I seem to remember he's had a good 10 years' use from this pack before he retired it. So I just wanted to mention that, and let's now get back to the story, and hopefully the next time you hear from me, my voice will be on form, and I shall have some cracking interviews for you to listen to. You're listening to theoutdoorstation.co.uk And welcome to the final part of the Cape Wrath Trail where Lee and I travel on foot from Ullapool to Cape Wrath, the most northwesterly point in Scotland. Join us as we make our way gently along the route suggested in the Cicerone Guide, north to the Cape, over a period of seven days in early May 2008. In fact, I see Lee has just emerged from his acto. I've got to ask him if he's got any thoughts on uh, on the trip. Lee, you're going on to the TGO, so you've sort of honed your um, your the contents of your rucksack right down to um, to the bare minimum for this trip, as as well as the TGO. Any other thoughts on the on sort of lightweight gear? Anything you could have ditched and or wish you'd brought? Um, no, I don't think there's anything I wish I'd have brought. To be honest. Um... Possibly a spare T-shirt because this, the uh, burger house with the silver threads in it to keep the sniffs away. Um, it's worked quite well, but it would have been nice just to have fresh, you know, in the hotel to have had a, a clean one on. We didn't expect the weather to be as good as this, though, did we? I mean, I could have done with a T-shirt as well. No, that's that's right. Um, I suppose my Crocs I could have done without, but they they're me, one of my luxuries and they've proved to be very useful yeah well certainly i've noticed that you've when you kicked your um your terex off and you're wandering around the clocks crocs i mean they're, they're incredibly light but um just they don't they're very stiff aren't they they're just an awkward thing to pack yeah it's a little bit awkward but i've um started to put in me spare socks and that inside them to so to reduce uh, the volume of my gear a little bit but yeah on the whole i think it's well worth it but yeah. um everything i'm very pleased with to be honest my act as usual has been very comfortable and very weatherproof rucksack um very incredibly comfortable just not as much uh, as much room as my tent 
not as much room as your <laughs> not as much room as your tent now, Bob. But there you go. You know, you know. But um, sleeping bag is a mama. Um, is it Mammut helium. helium? Helium. Yes, that's at, at about eight fifty. I think that's been incredibly um, comfortable and warm. But um, and again, we've not had any cold nights yet. You've uh, you've been using gas, haven't you? Um, how much gas have you used? Uh, so what? Best part of a week now? Um, I started off with the small hundred cartridge and the two fifty cartridge. Um, I used the hundred and left that at the hotel in the bin and I'm now on the 250 so got plenty left then plenty left yeah, yeah plenty yeah. Um, so what did you think about those three three guys we met yesterday who were just starting off with, with traditional gear I reminded of myself uh, probably five or six years ago and I didn't envy them to be honest no, no they, they looked tired didn't they already yeah I think later in the trip they possibly going to struggle because it was quite tough yeah and I just really felt pleased that you know I've managed to get my pack down a lot smaller. Well, the pair of us, I think we just sort of just strolled off, really. But they, they, they right. um, as I say, no detriment to them, obviously. But uh, it just makes you realise that over the last few years, we've certainly come on more. And a, a trip like this would benefit from being as light as possible. Oh, without doubt, yeah. We've been able to move more comfortable and quite fast at times when we wanted to do. But, um, oh, without doubt, I think any trip, if you can keep the weight down it's more enjoyable mm, but this one in particular because the, the lack of shops i haven't i mean apart from the two shops we saw yesterday we haven't seen any shops since Ullapool. no none at all no and um in the in the book there it says that there's very little in the way of provisions you know you can pick up on the way mm. um well sandwood bay has been um no let down at all it's been absolutely glorious and obviously the weather's on our side and it's uh, it's fantastic today and i think as you said in the book if there was a road or a car park near here, it'd be an ice cream van, wouldn't there? Oh, that's right. There'd be crowds of people here. I'm sure there would. Um, but um, thank God there's not. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, what time is it now? It's uh, almost 12 o'clock. Um, we're going to pack up and head up the coast and see if we can hear the bombs. Yeah, head up, uh, pack up, head to the um, lighthouse, yeah, and to the end of the journey. Um, and then what, what's the plan then? Should we come back after that or are we going to move round to, towards Duness? I think we're going to move round to Duness, I think, and hope to get the ferry across the estuary and catch the bush tomorrow yeah. yeah excellent okay well let's keep our fingers crossed the weather holds and i'll obviously come back and fill you in as we get towards um cape wrath looking forward to it yeah so am i immensely the beach now heading towards uh, Cape Wrath um, an unbelievable day it feels like the height of summer uh, so much so we've just got to the first large loch uh, which I won't try and pronounce but uh, it it looks like Gehuda Rudith but uh, I've probably got that completely wrong we passed the body which uh, is is on the way uh, temperatures must be in the 70s mid 70s um i've just dunked my hat in the in the water and stood in the water to try and cool down a bit lee's done the same it's, it's i mean it's beautiful but it's ridiculous this time of year isn't it <laughs> it's a fantastic warm very warm day and um which is a pleasure really because it'd been a horrible terrain in wet cold weather wouldn't it so. yeah it's, it's it's sort of heathery um it's low heather and fairly marshy um, in these conditions, in this weather conditions, it's not too bad. You just got to keep lifting your knee very high, and just occasional zigzagging. But uh, we're just sort of following a natural path, trying to keep high, not too close to the coast, 
uh, where the uh, the gullies are obviously fairly deep. It just means dropping down and climbing up all the time. Um, and uh, for an hour and a half to here, I reckon another couple of hours and we'll be there quite easily. Um, I think that was possibly the worst climbing we've got to do. The rest of it now is just traversing round the side of some of these hills. Um, fair amount of bird life. Um, clear blue sky again, just a few, few clouds. Uh, as I say, the temperature must be the mid-70s. Uh, very, very warm indeed. Uh, and both of us are working very hard in these conditions. Not that we're complaining, but um, it's not what we were expecting at all, particularly as normally uh, at the end of this week when the TGO Challenge starts, there's uh, usually... A, I've never been on one without a frost, have you? No, no, not not so far. I came up last um, late September and it was very cold, so in comparison with this, this is hard to summer. Yeah. Well, we spoke to... Uh, there was a couple of people on the beach this morning as we came through, uh, a bird uh, bird watcher and a couple of other hikers by the looks of it, and the um, the bird-watching chap was saying that uh, this is unusual weather, so don't take this as being the norm. Uh, like most people, it's very uh, unusual weather patterns at the moment, but uh, makes for a nice day. I'm going to get a bit of a tan. The only thing I didn't pack was any suntan lotion, did you? No, I didn't dream we'd need <laughs> suntan lotion, but um, it is on days like this and terrain like this that um, the lightweight footwear really comes oh doesn't it just yeah, just it comes just, out top you can just get to a river wade through and appreciate the coolness of it all rather than than changing the anything i think we've both got to watch is the back of our necks with the sun mm. beaming down so uh, i'll no doubt switch back on as we get towards our final destination um and as i say uh, we think what time is it now 2 30 will the um military firing military activity finishes apparently at three o'clock so we're well out of uh, danger area uh, and then we'll probably start heading down the road towards the ferry and Either camp at the uh, the body tonight, or uh, which is on the north um, northeast coast of Cape Wrath, uh, or get as far as we can towards the ferry to make sure we catch the ferry tomorrow. But um, beautiful, beautiful day, and I think really so far we've been incredibly lucky. the uh, The majority of the walking has actually been pretty pleasant weather. We just had those first few days when it was uh, pretty wet, and we soon cheered up when the weather changed. As you just said, Bob, we've been just very lucky. You'd get food days like this in Scotland, and we've had several, so we've been yeah, very lucky. Yeah, very lucky indeed. Right, let's move on then. Well, we're about two-thirds of the way to the Cape now. We can just see the the rocks and uh, the roadway going off to the distance. Uh, it's taken us, uh, well, best part of four hours to get this way. I mean, the total distance is uh, approximately about 11 or 12 kilometres, which would normally take Lee and I probably just over two hours to walk on normal terrain. But I think... This has got to be the hardest terrain of the whole trip. Yeah, it's definitely without doubt been the hardest, so it's a bit boggy, isn't it? And uh, the heather's not too high, but just, you know, ankle deep. That's been tough going. Yeah, very tough going. It's, I mean, we were just saying that uh, certainly people who walk without poles would be foolhardy. A couple of times we've, uh, we've come across boggy areas which you wouldn't give a second thought to, but when you put the pole in, it goes virtually all the way down. So that could uh, scupper you, even on a glorious day like this. Uh, and the the other thing is, walking with the poles, you just need it for stability because the uh, the ground underfoot is hard going. I can't imagine. Well, let's put it this way: you'd have to be pretty stoic to start off from the cape, cape with a full load of uh, full of provisions for a few days, 
to head to uh, Sandwood Bay, don't you think? Oh, definitely, yeah. That, um, Test your resolve, it wouldn't it? It certainly would, yeah. I wouldn't even attempt to backpacking without poles. And I'm using the Pacer poles, which I've really, um, I really like the comfort they give you, you know, and the stability and an awful lot of safety. But uh, I think doing this with a full pack, if anybody does intend to do it, just take take it from us that the first section is, I think, probably the hardest, and anything else after that, hopefully, will uh, will be easier for you. Without doubt, yeah, and you could soon parcel your provisions on to uh, Kylescu or Incan Inchdamp. <laughs> you know, I don't think that'll be a problem, so that's worth bearing in mind. Anyway, another what three, four k to go, I guess. Yep. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll switch back on again. But uh, I just thought I'd uh, share that piece of information with you because I think if you were starting from the Cape, you'd need to know that it's not as bad as this all the way. You ready then? Aye. Well, after much cursing and swearing, a good four and a half hours, we finally hit the metal road, which is taking us to the lighthouse. So we're uh, hoping that we're going to see it around the next bend, and this is fortunate timing for turning the recorder on. Um, I really must um, advise people again that this first section, if you're going south, is very disheartening or could be very disheartening just be prepared for it it was unbelievably boggy in places even on a glorious day like today um, and uh, took took a lot of effort to get get across and it just seemed to go on forever didn't it yeah it seemed never ending you you know stumbling a little bit and boggy sections and you know, you just couldn't get a good stride anywhere at all, could you, from the beginning of the walk this morning? No, no, and uh, certainly looking at the route as we've travelled it, I can't see a better one than we took. We sort of um, took bearings, taking as much of the sort of high ground and traversing the slopes as best we can. Anyway, I don't want to make too much of it because uh, I don't want to let, let that spoil, potentially spoil anybody's walk. It, we've got past it. It's taken it longer than, lo taking us longer than anticipated. Just one of those things. Uh, but the weather's made up for it. And um, I'm hopefully, yes, yes we as we just turn the corner here, at last we see the lighthouse. And uh, we were just discussing, I hope it's got a vending machine or something, because a cold can of beer or coke would go down well now, wouldn't oh, it? I couldn't think anything better at this moment in time, but I don't think we're going to be that lucky, Bob. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Lee. Thank you very much indeed for your company over the last six days of Helen High Water. <laughs> and yourself, Bob. Yeah, and yourself really made it very enjoyable I think uh, as we've probably um, explained we've been lucky with the weather it's been changeable but the only thing it hasn't really been is bitter cold we've been very very lucky with the the uh, weather the time of year and of course uh, we haven't seen or we've just had the occasional one but it hasn't haven't had any trouble from the dreaded midge no we've been very lucky seeing the odd foo but um we've had no problems with midges and no just no problems with anything really Bob apart from high mileage and boggy terrain yeah yeah indeed so I'll uh, switch back on in a second when we've caught our breath and we're resting out of the wind against one of the many walls around the lighthouse uh, it looks like it's potentially manned actually there's uh, some chimneys there and various roofs so whether there's somebody there or not I'm not too sure um, Maybe they've got a cold one in the fridge, mate. Oh, well, you never know. Yeah, you never know. We can live in hope, can't we? Live in hope. <laughs> it is a lot of hope.
What time is it now? So it's uh, five o'clock now. Uh, I'm sure we'll have uh, half an hour's rest here, gather our thoughts. And then we've got to turn around and head back down the road, but thankfully we can get some pace on. And I think we'll do our best to get down to the ferry point tonight if we can. Um, there's been no evidence of military activity. Haven't heard anything, just seen a few uh, uh, military ships off, uh, off the coast. Um, but I haven't heard anything at all, so thankfully a safe ending to a quiet day. So uh, I'll speak to you shortly. And in the Cicerone Guide, North to the Cape, Dennis Brook and Phil Hinchcliffe have this to say. Reluctantly departing from this idyllic scene at Sandwood Bay, your way ever northwards is rough due to the absence of paths. But it is not difficult. There are several long, narrow, steep-sided clefts known as geos, formed by erosion in the coastal cliffs. The geos pose no real problem other than the possibility of having to go a few hundred metres inland to avoid the worst of the topographical drops and rises. If the westerlies bring rain during your journey, and they probably will, the showers will strike horizontally straight off the Atlantic coast, almost flavoured with salt. Three or four kilometres from Cape Wrath, you cross the peat-dark rolling moor known as the Path, a Gaelic corruption of the Old Norse name for Cape Wrath, half or turning point. The Cape marks the angle where the Viking ships altered course, veering south to enter the Minch, on the way to the west coast of Scotland and the Hebrides. Having crossed the moor and joined the track, you will soon arrive at the most northwesterly point of the British Isles, where, in the summer months, the sun hardly sets. At midnight, it is possible to read even a newspaper at these latitudes. Cape Wrath is not the most northerly point of the mainland of Britain. That distinction goes to Dunnet Head and not John O'Groats, as is popularly supposed. The Cape is, however, the most northerly point unreachable by motor transport, other than the minibus which runs from the Kyle of Durness to the Cape during the summer months. Long may this be the case, for its very remoteness is the essence of its charm. As you come to the actual moment where you stand near the lighthouse, savouring a well-earned sense of pride, you will feel as if you have reached the ends of the earth. There may be others present, having come by the easy way of ferry and minibus, but you will have done it the walker's way, and the sense of achievement will be enormous. When the euphoria dies down, take a look around you and inspect the far horizons. Standing on Cape Wrath, you are 122 metres above the waves. Nearby, Black Cliff is a sheer 260 metres from the swirling Atlantic. North, there's naught between you and the 2,700 kilometres distance North Pole, except, perhaps, the odd ship working its way around the coast, following the self-same routes as the Viking longships, all those hundreds of years ago. To the east is Dunnet Head, some 90 kilometres away, beyond Thurso. 
A little to the north of Dunnet Head, you can just detect the cliffs of Hoy in the Orkneys, some 95 kilometres away, at a height of 348 metres. In exceptional weather conditions, the low cliffs of North Rona rise mirage-like some 72 kilometres away. A mirage indeed, as the cliffs are only 100 metres high. 80 kilometres southwest, as if pencilled on the horizon, one sees the low hills of Lewis in the Outer Hebrides. Much lower, in the sea below the Cape, are two low mounds. These rocks, over which the Atlantic swells in never-ending white flumes, are Ambodach and Akelich, the old man and the old woman. Should the weather be venting its wrath on this aptly named Cape, you will see none of these magical sights, but we have no doubt that you will return and return yet again to this bewitching place, just like those who fall under the spell of the Himalayan mountains in Nepal. At the tip of the cape, the automatic lighthouse stands four square against the elements. Built in 1827, the light can be seen for 40 kilometres and more. The adjacent buildings, long disused and now falling derelict, were once the homes of customs officers. The nearest habitation is at the bottom of the 11-kilometre track to the Kyle of Durness, across which a small foot passenger ferry plies its trade from the opposite jetty. In Donetsk, three kilometres northeast, there are several hotels, many B&Bs, a youth hostel, a garage, bank, shops and a tourist information centre. Well, you've done it. Your long adventure is at an end. You may have suffered deprivations. You may have been soaked through. You will certainly have got wet feet on more than one occasion. Exceptionally, you may have enjoyed good weather, at least some of the time. Some excellent accommodation, food and drink. You may be feeling footsore and weary. You will certainly be a lot fitter than when you left Fort William all those days ago. Above all, we hope you will be elated and exhilarated, having achieved what you set out to do. Congratulations, you've made it north to the Cape. Wednesday morning starts uh, remarkably, once again, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. The water is like a mill pond, uh, there isn't a cloud in the sky, um, and uh, the sunburn reminds us it has been fairly warm this last, last couple of days. Uh, we didn't switch on again at, um, at Cape Wrath because uh, by the time we got there uh, and uh, just had a quick look around, there's nothing really there at all, um, apart from obviously the, um, the lighthouse and a few sort of utility buildings. Uh, we started down the road because uh, we wanted, if we could, to try and get across the estuary uh, before the end of the day. Um, now, for future reference for people, it is a 10-mile walk, uh, and we managed to clock it in about three and a half hours last night. So we got we got down to the, uh, let's say, the ferry port. I suppose it's uh, it's just a little jetty um, at uh, at about 9:30 last night, and uh, just as somebody was pulling away in a van. Uh, driving past us, which I guess is somebody looking after uh, some dogs that we heard at the Cape Wrath um, lighthouse. Uh, he didn't stop, he just nodded, so we assumed that um, either he was coming back or or that um, there would be somebody else here that we could seek information from. Um, 
and uh, we eventually got down here, uh, not a soul in sight. Um, no telephone numbers, no assistance, uh, whatever. So if you're coming this way, make sure you understand how things work around here, which I would appear to be fairly sporadically. Um, it's, uh, what is it now, nine o'clock. We've been awake since seven. We uh, managed to find a nice little spot, actually, very luckily, um, a hundred yards or so from the uh, the jetty, behind a, a, a property which looks like it's, um, it's, I wouldn't say abandoned, but hardly used, um, just on the hillside. And um, half an hour ago, we just suddenly noticed that the uh, a little boat was coming our way from the other side, uh, containing um, what we now know to be uh, workmen uh, going on to uh, doing some repairs on the road. Uh, and we got up and we packed as fast as we could. Um, we weren't too far behind. The tent was almost down. Lee ran down to him and said, uh, can you just hold on for two minutes? Uh, and the guy just didn't want to know. He just turned, dropped the, the other guys off, turned around and cleared off. He said, I'll be back at 11. Um, so you can imagine that's left us rather frustrated. Strangely enough, we had spoken to a couple of people that we met um, coming down from Cape Wrath as we were obviously on the way up that said something about um, the ferryman is the law to himself and uh, not very uh, communicative communicative um and uh, that goes to prove the point that the whole trip has just been spoiled by one person uh, because obviously by the time he gets over here at 11 ish uh, and we get to the other side we've still got to walk up to Durness uh, and then I think our bus leaves at three so it doesn't leave a very long to do what we need to do uh, and of course uh, you know, uh, one has to consider that it could have been a medical situation that somebody needed to urgently get across, uh, and the guy just chose to uh, ignore Lee's frantic pleas. Um, so, uh, not an unpleasant morning to be left stranded for another couple of hours, um, but a little bit frustrating because there's nothing else that we can do. We're now packed because everything got packed in a bit of a rush. We were pretty well ready to go, but uh, we just couldn't get down to the jetty in time. Um, but um, but a pleasant morning, but frustrating all the same, don't you think, Lee? Yeah, a little bit frustrating, considering we could, you know, have been in um, Durness for breakfast. But um, there you go, we've heard he's a lawn to himself, and um, I suppose we've just got to wait in this lovely sunshine at this lovely bay, I suppose. Oh, well, there's worse places to be in this world, I'm sure, at this particular moment in time. Um... But uh, anyway, that's, uh, that pretty well brings the, uh, the story to a close. Um, it'll just be a, uh, a trip to Donetsk now and then a bus ride down to Inverness and we then go our separate ways for Lee to start the TGO and me to catch the plane back home, back to normality, away from this spectacular scenery and, uh, well, wonderful weather. So I shall leave you now and uh, just make the most of this next couple of hours and just soak up the sunshine. Thanks for listening. The last comment we made that morning does require some explanation. The ferryman did indeed return when he said using the correct boat with a full complement of passengers and day-trippers for the Cape. The initial boat we saw him using wasn't actually licensed for passengers such as us. And in these days of health and safety, he wasn't prepared to breach agreements, which was fair enough. The few hours we waited in beautiful weather did in fact help sharpen our appetite and thirst, which was suitably quenched when we got to Donetsk, before returning to Inverness on the local bus service later that day. Lee and I were both grateful the weather was so perfect those last few days, as it made a magical trip through a very unique part of our country even more special. If you're up for a long-distance hike like this, then the full trip from Fort William to Cape Wrath will provide you with ample reward, 
lots of adventure and exquisite beauty. It certainly did for us. Thanks for joining us on the final part of this trip as we reached our goal, the remote and craggy Cape Wrath Lighthouse. We hope you've enjoyed walking with us and can thoroughly recommend the route suggested in the Cicerone Guide north to the Cape. Tough going at times, but some of the most glorious scenery you'll ever see in the UK. There are many other walking experiences on the outdoors station, such as the TGO Challenge and many personal trips, so do visit our website to find out more. So why not try it yourself, north to the Cape, and it's available from cicerone.co.uk. This independent programme has been brought to you by The Outdoors Station, the exciting new way to see and hear free information about the outdoors world. If you're a blogger or if you have a website, you can now incorporate any of these podcasts directly to your site, completely free. Visit our website, theoutdoorsstation.co.uk, for more information. (laughs) 